Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, Steve here, and welcome back to the Adaptation Podcast. In today's episode, I can't but help laugh at Bryn's expense, which is he joined me for a bro arm workout doing blood flow restriction on our biceps and triceps yesterday, and the guy's in complete agony, and I can't help but to poke a little bit of fun at him. We then get into the topic of today's episode, which is being a road warrior and managing your health and body goals. By road warrior, we're talking about a perpetual business traveler, someone who's frequently on planes, in cars, and in trains. And how do they go about trying to manage and keep to their body goals that they may care about deeply, but they struggle to make their conditions work in their favor? I know what that feels like. I've spent the last 10 plus years being exactly that person and quite clearly messing up for much of that time. So in retrospect, what would I have done differently? And we put that into five categories. The first category is around anticipating your failure paths. Second, prioritizing hotels with gyms. Third, really the assistance of tools and aids you can bring along when traveling. The fourth, air conditioning in your hotel rooms. And the last choice, which is probably the most important, which is making better food choices given the scenario you're gonna find yourself in. Hopefully you find this an invaluable episode if you are too a road warrior and would like to be in better control as you go about leading your career. I hope you enjoy Adaptation. Man, my arms are killing me from yesterday. They're so sore, I can barely straighten my arm. Really? Yeah. That, that was the first time that I've got, I've got you doing BFR yeah. work, right? Blood flow restriction. Well, I certainly know about it, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, what, what, where is it hurting, the bicep or the triceps? Biceps, so we did it on biceps and triceps, but for some reason, just my biceps that are killing me today. Um, I don't really know why, it's just my biceps, but it is. I, I know why, you, you were pushing hard. So guys, we we um we don't often like do bro workouts with each other, no. right? You know, you come over once every few weeks and you train me yep. on specific stuff. But it bumped you, wasn't it? So yeah, you came over. We had a podcast to do. I was still working, and I said, "Come join me." <laughs> so we done we done a, a proper bro arms workout, yeah. right? We I'd done most of my bits, but then we done this blood flow restriction stuff which effectively is like you wrap a tight band around the top of your bicep near the shoulder and you do tons of bicep curls. How many do we do? Five sets of, say, 20. So about 100 bicep curls with like no hardly any rest between. Yeah. And it's hurting, is it? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm, I'm fine because yeah. I, I do it every you, week. You do it, yeah, you do it every week. That's the first time that I've done that. And um, I, don't, I don't know whether it's the volume or the, obviously, not allowing the blood to get out. I think it's the volume, man. waste product that's still in my muscle, but boy, I know about it. Good. Well, hopefully yeah. they're going to grow a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> but the but the triceps. So when we were doing the bench dips, even though you're probably struggling more with those yeah. in the moment, but maybe it's just caused there's less range of motions. Maybe there's less damage. Yeah, and I just I don't feel the pump that you would get on your biceps with my triceps, um, and I'm certainly weaker with my triceps. So um, my bench press, my overhead press is a lot weaker than things like my deadlift and all my 
and my pull-ups pull and stuff, pull where I use more biceps. So I think I'm just weak with my triceps. So I think I'm going to need a little bit of extra work. I remember when I was a kid, actually, um, I mean, this happens to every guy. At some point when you're a little kid, you're like, oh, I'm going to grow some muscles. <laughs> and I remember my mum used to be into like Jane Fonda and all of the, you know, the, these um, videos, VHS videos yeah. of like ladies working out with their, you know, <laughs> like, spandex and yeah. their lycra and those big um, socks, you know, those massive socks. Yeah, used to yeah, wear. More, kind of <laughs> yes, the headband. So I used to remember like as a kid, like I'd go into the living room and my mum was doing this like weird <laughs> thing, you know, lifting her legs up sideways in like a scissor kick fashion. All that kind of crap. And um, I, re- I remember grabbing her little dumbbells and they would have been tiny, maybe two kilogram dumbbells, right. little plasticky things. And I repped him out like, <laughs> until I couldn't do any more. I must have done like 200 in a row, <laughs> thinking this is going to be great, going to be massive. I could not move for a week. Because <laughs> <laughs> you I've never, never done any exercise yeah. and I've gone from doing nothing to just like doing that kind of volume. Mm. And you get that kind of that pain in um, the opposite side of your elbow, right in that crease at the end of your bicep, yeah. which was just so painful. I couldn't move my hand, my arms. I just couldn't move. Yeah, and I think that's when you struggle to straighten your arms. Yes. Because you're getting that Are you getting a bit, bit of that? A little bit now, <laughs> yeah. I remember, actually, I remember, what, when was it? it? This was probably about four years ago, and I've never taken a pre-workout in my life. And um, I was working at a gym, and the other trainer there was like, try some pre-workout before you do an arm session. So I was like, eh, go on in, why not? So I took pre-workout, I buzzing, and I had such a good session, but the problem was, I went so hard on my arms, that the next day, it was worse than this, it was, it, oh, my arms were so sore, I just think, I just that stimulation from the pre-workout just made me go ham on my arms, it was... And there's a, there's a lesson in this, isn't there, that yeah. you, it is, it's, it's quite nice to feel some pain, after a workout because you know you've then done good work yeah but there's a difference between doms so you know that kind of onset pain that is just like that achiness of after a heavy workout versus like damage where you feel that you might have caused some bigger problems yeah and if your goal is to you know get bigger leaner stronger really you should think about you've got you've got to tread that line really really carefully because yeah. you want to cause as much you know muscular and tissue da- damage as possible so you can elicit as much growth but you don't want to go too far such that you knock yourself out for a few days yeah and you can't hit the gym because you're just so achy um, and you've probably done that like because that was impromptu you had a plan for it we've done a ton of volume yeah like if you had an arm day tomorrow you might struggle or even um pull-ups uh, deadlifts, anything oh, like that. That would hurt. Today, yeah, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, hopefully it'll be alright tomorrow because it, okay. it's, it's not. Yeah, hopefully it'll be alright. But yeah, it can. If you if you're sore for a few days and it's gonna, you just wiped out. You just lost the potential to do more work. Exactly. Right? So, and I'm also guilty of of. I always say to clients like, don't get in the habit of feeling like you should have pain, not pain, but that that dom feeling in your muscles. The day after, don't feel like that's the only way you, you've achieved what you wanted to achieve because people come in and go, oh, I, I work so hard, I feel great, you know, like now, like, oh, my biceps. But I know that's just um, a byproduct of my... You're just not used to the work that not you, used you've done yesterday. There's yeah. a lot of waste products still in my muscle that's causing this soreness, right? So 
but it doesn't mean that I've been any more effective than normal. Um, yeah, dance is not a sign of okay. I've worked. I'm now going to get the benefits of exactly. growing. Yeah, I, I I can't remember the last time I was sore. Yeah, exactly. But when you are sore, I fall into this this trap of going. Yeah, it feels good. I know I've done something, and I you know, I'm guilty of that too. But yeah. I do say to clients, don't feel like you have to ache after a session. Plus, you've done another thing yesterday, which I, I don't know if you always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was because I was there. Maybe because the volume was just so high, but. You were definitely pushing to failure on every set. Yeah. Like, you know, you were squeezing out those last, last reps. Last reps on each of the yeah. sets of the bicep curls. And I'm I didn't think you had it in you. And you found this Get reserve going. from that from somewhere. But that's probably where most of the damage yeah. you've got today has come so, from. Yeah. Is you know, pushing against that a point that your body doesn't want to go and you know, you were shoving them up anyway, but it was I could see it was painful, but you yeah. were going through it. You don't need to go to failure every time no. either. It was just the way we set up that exactly. workout. It kind of forced and, me to. And we wouldn't do that with necessarily with squats or deadlifts and things like uh, big technical movements, but like bicep curls, you know. And that was a bit of fun as well. Yeah, exactly. Good. It was a bit of fun. Don't always have to be too serious, do so we? Yeah. Tell me how you feel tomorrow, man. Yeah, we'll do. Um, okay. Did, did you have anything else you want to work? Yeah, well, there was something I saw earlier. I was on... Um, um, social media and obviously you've heard that Stephen Hawkins has passed away only through social media because I'm not reading reading or watching the news yeah. at the moment and, so that um, hit me as, you know, as soon as I woke up in the morning well actually the only way I knew was because there's these memes and memes are like pictures and they'll have writing on them and they'll make a joke or something and um, yeah so I saw these memes that were like basically taking a piss you know like a wheelchair for sale and things like that I, I didn't I, I didn't see that I, yeah. I saw respectful kind of RIP type yeah. messages and or a couple of pictures but you saw people yeah. being a little bit callous and a little bit on, on, on the edge did you? yeah and I, I was like and, and, and I had a look on the news to see if it's true and it, it literally only just happened and I'm thinking wow are there people fucking sitting there like waiting for the bad news to come through that they know there's going to be a ton of traffic and they're going to create a funny meme? I don't know whether they're doing it for traffic or, or just for a laugh, but they create and it and within five minutes you've got all these memes. That is crazy when you think about it. Like, are these professionals? Or are they, you yeah. know, is it just like someone like me going, oh, someone's just died. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find Send a picture, yeah. write a little sentence and post it on social media. I, I would never feel inclined to do that. I can't help... No, especially not immediately. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I can't help but to feel that some people are doing that because they know it's going to get... It's going to go viral. Mm. Because it, it, they do. They go viral. You you see it when people like Michael Jackson died and um, George Michael and people like that. You, you see these memes pop up very quickly and then they go viral. And I, I don't know whether that is, is a tactical move or if they're just trying to be funny. It's just like... But it's, you just, just, it's a little insensitive because... You think they've got family and it's insensitive friends. and it's also I don't know it it, it just doesn't feel good it, it mm. to know that you know you're trying to exploit um, the news in that you know a negative situation for your own personal benefit yeah because whether you're saying something nice or you're saying something on the edge or something horrible mm. you're saying something you're yeah. deliberately trying to take advantage of that that news event. Yeah. For your own personal gain. Now, I had friends who put up little notes about Stephen Hawkins. That wasn't with the intent of their stuff to go viral. They were just putting out some condolence and, you know, RIP type messaging. So that's different. Mm. But as you say, it's the guys that have got these kind of fairly well-crafted memes. And you're like, 
dude, it's, it was 10 minutes ago. Keyboard warriors. I, I think that's the thing. We, uh, the internet has many, many great things about it. Um, like beautiful things that happen in the world or, or someone doing a good thing and there's a video of it or, or you know, there's people talking about um, people wasting plastic and it going in the ocean and it goes viral and people start to learn that these which problems are, 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 yeah, yeah, and that's great. But then you've got this side of the internet, which obviously isn't so great. So. Mm. But I think on balance, Pop. I think on balance, you know, the internet absolutely is serving our society more than it's taken away, but... Cool. All right. Listen, man, let's get into today's episode. So this is actually a really popular um, requested topic and it's coming from my peeps. <laughs> right. It's coming from um, the people that I, I've knocked around with for the last 10 years or so. As you know, up until recently, I wasn't in the fitness space or the podcasting space. Mm. Um, I was a road warrior, right? I, I worked for a, an IT security company and um, the demands of the job were such that I'd go and visit my clients wherever they were. And I looked after a fairly significant patch with clients that had global presence. So, and also worked for a US company. So the combination of all that meant was, I was always traveling. You know, in some cases, in some years, in some months, it was very intense, you know, weekly or, you know, going from one country to the next country to the next country to the next country, then getting home. It'd be that kind of gig. And you, you were going to a lot of different time zones, weren't you? So, different time zones, mostly Europe, but yeah. I've done a bunch in the US. Didn't really go anywhere else. It was mostly Europe and the US. But it doesn't matter how far it is, travel's travel. Yeah. And it is, it is hard to deal with. Um, you know, mentally and physically. Anyway, so the question that was coming in was, Steve, wouldn't it be great if you could help us, your people, <laughs> un- understand how to handle that level of demand mm-hmm. where we don't control our every setting? You know, we can't control the foods we eat, uh, the gym that we would like to go mm-hmm. to, uh, the time we wake up, the you know, places we go see, you know, the habits we have at night. We can't control all of those things for big portions of our life mm-hmm. because whilst I'm at this job with the demands it has upon me, I'm in a plane or in a car or on a train for much of my life. Mm. How can I make this work? Wouldn't it be great if you can give people some guidance if their why is strong enough that they want to get themselves in shape or they want to have a specific type of body shape. Yeah. How can we keep to that plan when we've got all these obstacles and all these things that are holding us back, a, a, a lifestyle which is incredibly challenging to yeah. manage? And I thought that was a great question. <laughs> a great question because I completely get it. Yeah. I completely get it. I mean, just to kind of summarise my experience of travel over the last 10 years, is sleep deprivation was 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 a given. Mm. My sleep is always screwed when I travel because, you know, I'm waking up really early to get an early flight, so I'm not getting enough sleep as soon as, you know, the, the night before. Um, if it's a long-haul flight, I typically don't sleep on the plane. When I get to my destination, you're rushing around, seeing clients, going places, entertainment... 
you get into the hotel room, they don't have air conditioning or the air conditioning doesn't work or it's too loud, the beds are too soft, too hard, the cushions and the pillows don't feel like home, yeah. doesn't smell like home. Sleep quality is always worse when you're when you're waking up. You don't have your fr- your family around you, you don't yeah. have your, your, your creature comforts. Sleep mm-hmm. is always a disaster for me when I'm away from home. Yeah. So you've got sleep deprivation, almost definitely. You've got just generally being out of your habits, right? We know the most sustainable way to manage, you know, a deliberate plan to, you know, grow in or shrink in your body is to commit to a structure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm going to go to the gym every night after work at 6.30. Yeah. Or I'm going to work out before I get in, into in, into work at the gym right by, by the office. Or... I'm going to make sure I always have this lunch at this restaurant, which has got this great salad. So you've got all these habits that you build yeah. when you have the luxury of a working week where every day is the same. Now, some people may look at road warriors and people that travel along and go, it's so exciting. You get to see different places all the time. See the world. You get to see yeah. all these different countries. Look, look at your passport and how many stamps you've got on it. But the reality is we're sacrificing so much of our creature comforts and habits yeah. in the pursuit of doing business for our customer, for our cu- company and our customers. Never as glamorous as it seems. It really isn't. You just see, you see the inside of airports and the inside hotels. of hotel rooms. Yeah. That's mostly it. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't get to do what a lot of people do when they're at home. Exactly. And then you miss your family as well, right? And that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I knew that I would I would struggle with controlling my food. Mm-hmm. And the reason I would struggle with controlling my food, think about it this way. I haven't got my home-cooked foods that I'd have at home. Um, I would need to eat, or I felt I would need to eat whilst I'm travelling. And if you're on a train, or you're on a plane, or you're in an airport, the food is never what you'd want it to be, right? If, you, if you're trying to be low carb or you just don't want to have bread, you're screwed. You can't be on the road and not have bread. I mean, it's, almo- it's almost impossible. Yeah. You know, or even, even if you're not on the road, say you, you, you're, you're going out for lunch and you've decided, I'm going to try and do low carb. So let me go to, I don't know, let me go to the supermarket and pick up a low carb meal. What low carb meal? Mm. They're starting to get a bit better where you can just buy prawns or buy cocktail sausages or you can buy just a salad, chicken or, salad, a bit, yeah. or just an egg. Yeah. But it does look a bit weird. <laughs> it's not very satisfying. It's not and you've got to have a fairly big um, chain available yeah. that have learnt through you know customer demand, okay, let me start stocking these kind of like more eclectic options where it yeah. isn't bread and it isn't wraps yeah. um, and it isn't pasta. It's so difficult mm. to pick good food. And then even if it even if you can find something slightly half decent, it's shelf stable stuff that's been hanging around for days. It doesn't it tastes like rubbish. You normally say like cardboard. Yeah. So the food thing is a really big deal on the travel, yeah, in transit. But then when you rock up at wherever you need to be, then what are you doing? You're entertaining your customers and therefore you absolutely gotta eat what needs to be eaten. You're going to drink what needs to be drunk, right? Alcohol, beer, wine, etc. And even if you're not entertaining clients, you're usually travelling with at least one of your your um, colleagues. Yeah. 
and you're going to be social. So, okay, so once we've cleaned up, why don't we come down for a you know, bite to eat together instead of eating alone? Great. And then you have too many beers and you have free courses and you wouldn't have that at home, right? All of a sudden, you've done 2,500 calories at night. Exactly. And then on top of that, and this is my kind of like um, little secret, it's a secret, it's just my indulgent thing, it's the thing I do when I'm away, mm-hmm. is I love room service. It's like, if I'm away, I must have room service. I'd, I'd, I'd almost favour room service over being with my friends because there's this, <laughs> this, this, this yeah, romantic <laughs> kind of thing of, oh, I can just be in my pyjamas and I'm going to order food and I'm going to eat in my bed. <laughs> I don't know what it is, it I, just, does, I love it. It actually sounds really good and I've never got room service in my life. What? I don't know why. Dude, you're missing out, man. I must be, yeah. It does sound pretty good. I don't know why. I, I just don't really think about it. Mate, I just usually get dressed, go out. It's a standard. I have to have at least one room service meal every time I travel, <laughs> so it's, it's a breakfast normally. If I come in late, I'll be like, I'm not going to the restaurant. I'll go up into my room, I'll have a shower, I'll put a telly on, I'll call them up in half an hour, I've got this yeah, spread in front of me. It's yeah. brilliant. But you think of, you stack all of these things on, and it's yeah. like... It, the odds, the are, odds against are against you, you. yeah, Big definitely. Time. And and then you go to a restaurant and you you don't can't understand the menu, you know, if it's in a different language. And you Most definitely can't calorie really count in any yeah, easy way, at least. I've actually had that where I um me and me and my partner Lisa travelled around Europe for a month and we were like, yeah, everyone will speak English, it's fine and typical English, right? And um. We, we went don't go to any French speaking places and expect them to speak your language yeah <laughs> no, exactly and we, we were in the car and we were driving around Europe and uh, we drove through Italy and we went you know off the beaten track and, and half the time we couldn't understand what they were saying they couldn't understand what we were saying and we couldn't understand what the menu was saying so we were ordering whatever and we were, well that's not what I thought it was going to be no <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you just get a random plate of food and that I was actually want food no, one no. I remember Lisa was saying um, they, were, they were struggling to talk to each other the, the waitress and Lisa and she was she said is this and she was trying to say is this see, um, uh, is this prawns and, and she was going no, no 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 it's not prawns it's not prawns she was like you sure it's not prawns because I don't want prawns yeah, but Amy, isn't it? yeah yeah and, and, and she and Lisa was like I'm not sure if it is or not I mean I, I can't remember what happened we tried googling it and whatever and then anyway Next thing you know, the biggest prawns come out. She's like, oh, well, she didn't want prawns. She was like, no. didn't want in there. Yeah, they had the legs, the eyeballs, and everything. But hey, it meant that I got two. For meals. a vegan, that's, yeah. that's not a good meal. No, yet. exactly. But it meant that I got two meals. I had my steak and shit. So you, you do have that. I'd say on the business front, that's typically not so much of a problem because yeah. you're going into into cities and they typically cater yeah. for travel uh, business travellers. Yeah. Um, but there's also another thing. So if you. It can, it can actually swing both ways. You either, you go to the gym regularly and now you're travelling and you're thinking, I'm going to try, I should be good. I should try and go to the gym. But you end up having too little time. Too little time across the meetings you've got, the schedule you've put together, the time you need to wake up in the morning and by the time you've stopped talking to your work colleagues, it's too mm. late and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of have a good intention to work out. So it can go one or two ways. You don't work out normally, mm-hmm. and you see the idea of travel is an opportunity to get some workout in because you now have got a gym because you don't have a gym at home, right? But that doesn't happen. That's this lofty idea that doesn't come, does, doesn't, it never comes true. Mm-hmm. Or you do go to the gym often, and you think, okay, I want to keep it going. 
but then you find I have too little time mm. or the gym just doesn't meet my needs. It's not got the kind of facility that I would otherwise want and therefore I'm not going to yeah, bother. Quite a common problem, yeah. So it just, you just struggle. All of these things make, make travelling difficult. But if I... If I put it that, if I put it, if I look at this differently, mm-hmm. I know these problems. Yeah. I know they're coming. Recognise them ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. So if if I know they're coming, because I'm, I'm a frequent flyer, I've got the BA points to prove it, then, and it, and my, my body goals, or not getting fatter, or trying to lean down, or whatever, they're strong enough, I should respect that if I'm doing this frequently, I better have a plan. Mm. Now, you know what? If you travel once every few months, just enjoy yourself. I mean, even yeah. if it's work travel, do have a couple of even evening meals out and enjoy it because you're with your, your work colleagues. Yeah. Maybe you don't go to the gym because, you know, you're taking advantage of a break if that's the way you want to see it. Work travel is never break for me. It is all in. It is so exhausting. I come back and I'm just done in, even if I'm traveling into Europe for the day. Because you've got to think, car travel, you know, waiting in the airport, planes just knock me out, generally speaking, yeah, then all the travel on the other side, and then coming back, it's horrendous. Mm. It's always so exhausting, and you make bad decisions when you're tired. Yeah. So, I would say, if you if if you want to try and tackle this, let's first level set on the problems, and I think I've called out most of them, mm. right? It's just not set up for success. So, how do you create a set of conditions and how do you plan ahead such that you don't fall down these traps that I've fallen down tons of times Mm. I've got a few ideas um, and I would love your input I know you're not as frequent Frequent, a a business traveller as I have been but you go on holidays you need to manage around those circumstances yeah I can speak for like recreational travellers that go on holiday and stuff like that and I've done um, a month around Europe and things like that so that that came with its um, barriers and and whatnot when it's yeah that's not a business travel but you don't want to completely lose the plot on a month right it's a lot of travel to completely throw away any of the progress you've made before then like you said if you're going for a week then enjoy yourself yourself. if you put in the work you know um, all year and you've been pretty consistent all year and you go away for you know a week here and a week there and four days here and there usually and and you don't stick to your plan it's not the end of the world and sometimes you just go away and relax and enjoy yourself it's not the end of the world if you're mostly consistent but the problem comes if you're frequently uh, frequently travelling you're not consistent and that's the problem, isn't it? And I'll tell you another thing that really is the problem. So we've got all of these things I've just spoken about, sleep deprivation, out your habits, you know, foreign food, you know, lots of travel, that kind of stuff. But for me, it's it's such a surefire way to have you fall off the wagon, mm. right? Because if you think about what's happening here, right, you're... You might be doing really, really well up until your next travel. You know, you've dialed in, you know, the food you're eating. You've been starting to go to the gym. You're starting to feel good about the progress you're making. And you've got this travel coming up. And because of the situation we've just described around sleep deprivation and the travel, you might be away two, three days. You come back, you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. That day you come back, because you're exhausted, you make bad decisions. And because your energy levels are low, you're going to want food that kind of ups you up. So you end up making bad decisions the following day, yeah. especially if you've done international long-haul travel 
you know, jet lag is playing, kicking around for two or three days. Again, that's just throwing your decision making and your willingness to do good things. It just throws it out the window. Mm. So you get hit by that train once, okay, for it, you, you wobble. You get hit by that train constantly. There isn't a plan. Yeah. You're more off plan than you are on plan. And then it just feels like you're fighting against the current. Yeah. And you just let go. And that's happened to me so often. Mm-hmm. Best will in the world, get on a get on a path, get taken off that path by a travel that just knocked me for six. And then I just struggle to get back on on the horse. So when you were travelling for work, what 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 was your body like? What was your health like? And what was your what did your body look like? Well, you've seen my um, my body goals mm. intro, right? You saw yeah. the physique I had. That basically was that in the height of your your travel. Yeah, training? I'd say it's it's been that was probably the worst shape I was in. Mm-hmm. So it, it was progressively getting to that state. Yeah. So I would say the beginning part. Not so bad, and it progressively got worse because career and um, making money was the priority. Yeah, and therefore health stuff was like I would always travel with my gym kit. Right. Every single time, every time. But I would but use it probably probably twenty percent of the time. Okay. So I would go if I could stack the conditions in my favour and I wasn't exhausted and I could wake up at the right time and get a workout and get my breakfast before my first meeting. Yeah. But normally you have this view that I can make it work. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get into you, you get into the situation and realise actually I haven't I actually do not have the time, mm-hmm. the physical time around the schedule that I have put put into my diary to fit an hour in and then yeah. shower and then get ready and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So it was. It's been. It's been. It's been a nightmare, and I know many people that live this same this same challenge, mm-hmm. but it isn't impossible. Yeah. If I was to do it again, and I've had periods of time when I travel and I do it right, so let me re- let me kind of reference that. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> and let's think um, retrospectively what I would do going forward to just try and avoid some of those pitfalls. Yeah. So I've got five buckets. The first bucket would be anticipate the failure paths. Yeah. Okay? And prep for them. So what we're talking about here, you're gonna you are probably gonna have you're gonna eat snacks at some point. Well, why don't you make them your own snacks? Yeah. Okay? Instead of making them that, that Snickers bar or you know that flapjack that's in Starbucks or I don't know, pack of crisps or something else that's available. Usually stuff you don't want, but it's the only thing they've got. Yeah. Why don't you bring your own snacks? And snacks that you know serve you versus take stuff away. So we're either talking nuts or protein bars. Maybe, you know, you can always grab a bit of fruit if you wanted to yeah. when you're over there. But it's difficult to travel with fruit, I think. But anything that's packaged and sealed, you can definitely bring Orange is all <laughs> exploded in your bag. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I just don't think you can travel yeah, with quote-unquote liquids, right? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know, actually. Um, I know you can't travel not, with liquids, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if you can travel fruit, with fruits. I'm, I don't think on the other side they let you through uh, through many yeah many of the kind of. Can't import. say I've tried. I'm not trying sneaking. But definitely food. protein bars. Yeah. And nuts and uh, you know dried fruit, those kind of things definitely you can take with you. And this is when seeds as well, if you yeah. into that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and um, 
this is where supplements come into play, like uh, protein. If you're trying to get your protein in as well when you're away, uh, protein powder. I mean, no, but this is yeah. I'll get to that. This is more around dealing with the need for snacks. Right. Have you got any other go-to travel snacks? Uh, no, not not really. I mean, nuts, protein bars uh, are usually my go-to foods. Um, fruit when I am driving because uh, I have to drive to Wales a lot where my family live, and um, I usually take nuts, protein bar, and some some form of fruit or something like that just to get me. Yeah, they just seem to be the go-to healthy snacks that you know you can control that are unprocessed and yeah, generally speaking. So one failure path is snacks. Um, no, you're going to have time restriction. So if you really want to go to the gym, you're going to probably need to think about it up front. Yeah. You can't just take your gear like I would do and just assume it's going to happen. Like, actually think about it. Okay, here's my schedule. Um, here's a realistic time frame. I'm going to be able to wake up and go to bed. Can I fit it in? Can I organize my diary so I can get at least half an hour in? It doesn't have to be a two-hour slog. Maybe just get in there and you get on a, on, on a cross trainer just so you feel that you're you're not completely letting go because yeah. it's the letting go of your plan that's worse. It's not necessarily the fact you're moving or not moving, but it's when you stop doing something, it can be hard to get back yeah. on it. Sometimes just showing up can be, can be enough. Can be enough. Just yeah. to keep that going. That's a good point, actually, yeah. So I would say think about your time restriction. The other failure path would be eating out and ha- people having lower standards than perhaps you have at that time. Like you may have a standard of trying to eat healthy or have smaller meals or avoid beer. And your friends may not be in the same headspace. Yeah. No, <laughs> we are going to have our free courses yeah. and we're going to have loads of bread. And, you know, let's properly enjoy ourselves. And, you know, let's grab five wheat beers whilst we're here. You know, may as well. We're away from home. <laughs> right. Anticipate that's a likely conversation you're going to have. And if you if you know that doesn't serve you and it will take you off the path, Think about how, think about, there's that, definitely, but if you want to be social, just be more strong-willed. Be ready and prepared for that pressure and just handle it better. Be prepared to make a different choice. And people don't really care what you're eating. You care more about what they think than they actually care. Yeah, and I think you have to be strong in your conviction as well. I mean, if if you want to stick to the plan, remind yourself before going out, why why am I doing this? Your why is strong enough for you to to withstand the peer pressure from your social circle. Um, so you go out and you say, well, you know what, I'm okay, maybe I can have three courses, but I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to have water with my meal. Or There's little things that you can do, but it's just knowing your why before you go out and being strong with that. And you may say, you know, I, I'm trying to avoid bread, but then the first thing that comes on the table is some bread on, you know, some serving bread for the table. Well, I know it's instinctive to launch at that, smother it with butter and have it because that's what you do. But decide up front if that's what you want to do. And if that's something you don't want to do, just don't bloody do it. But yeah. be prepared that that is going to happen. The bread is going to be on the table, right? So, and be prepared that if you're going to a place that you know is going to have a load of pasta, and for yeah. example, you're trying to avoid pasta, be prepared that you are going to avoid, you're going to look past the pasta dishes and you can look for one of the meat dishes. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying don't have these foods. I'm saying if you've chosen not to have them, don't buckle under the first sign of pressure because you haven't been prepared for being in that scenario. Mentally prepare for the fact that the standards are going to be different and you're going to try to make make the best choice you can yeah. while still enjoying yourself. Yes. And, and when I'm out and I'm looking on the menu... And let's say you're a novice and you don't know anything about what's good and what's not. I typically go for something that 
um, walks, flies, swims, comes out the ground, comes off a tree, something that's going to be less processed, something that's one ingredient, right? A steak is a steak. Um, rather than getting something like pasta or things that are going to be slightly more processed, just, uh, yeah, like you said earlier, go for the meat or, you know. But again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to dictate what you should eat. I'm trying to say if you have an expectation of yourself to eat different foods yeah. and you continually break them because in the first sign of unanticipated pressure, you buckle, then I'm just saying check yourself and go, okay, I'm going to make a smart choice because I'm going to determine up front how I'm going to behave in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. It's anticipating the path of failure. The other, uh, other failure paths are insufficient sleep that would lead to bad food choices. I mean, it's going to happen. And um, I, I would just say my guidance to my younger self would be I would have prioritised sleep a little bit more because I would I would work because I'm because I'm away from home and I haven't got any social interaction once I'm in the in the bedroom and I haven't got anything else to do. What do you do? Mm. And they're just working, right? Get the laptop up, start you know start start it up and just get get on with the work in readiness for the work we have to do the following day, the meetings we have and so forth. But I would just push the boundaries of that and I just work too late. And yeah. then I go to bed, you know, I close the lid and go to bed and then wake up in the morning and then it's go, go, go. And I would have compressed the time available in, in, in the bed and it, the, the quality would have been low just yeah. because I would have been staring at a, a white screen and, you know, the air conditioner and all that shit. So I would say anticipate sleep is going to be a struggle, prioritise it um, and think about the ways in which you can stack, uh, get into sleep and having a restful sleep in your favour, and we'll talk about that in a second, but just anticipate insufficient sleep will, add, will lead to bad decisions, so try and respect the sleep piece. And then the last is somewhat associated on the failure path, which is jet lag. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen in both ways to some degree. So what can you do to try and reduce the impact of jet lag? Um, I've got a couple of tips that I'm going to offer in a second, but just something more anecdotal is you find your rhythm uh, on the plane some people like to sleep when they're on the plane some people like to stay up because they want to try and maintain the closest match to their circadian rhythm as possible do what works best for you people have their own tactics and techniques mm -hmm. but i've got one or two little hacks that might actually accelerate your uh, recovery from jet lag yeah so that's block one which is the, the paths of failure and anticipating those the second thing I would say go think about is prioritise uh, your hotel choice to have a gym. Yeah, that's incredibly important because you may take your gym uh, kit with you and then you go down into the hotel gym and it's a bloody cupboard with a, uh, one dumbbell and a treadmill in the corner. We've all been there. Oh, hundred, hundreds of times. Yeah. And I must admit for the last, I'd say for most of my travel over the last five years, it's been a condition of hotel choice that the hotel will have a gym and I would ask the agent to just make sure there's a gym facility but I wouldn't always be involved in the decision of which one they choose because it's like it's extra work like yeah. just get me somewhere that's just this, somewhere this far from where I need to be yeah and let's make sure it has a gym and as you say sometimes the gyms are they're not gyms they're they're just a room and one of the spare rooms they've got and they've, you know, it's carpeted, <laughs> yeah. and it's got one one treadmill, one Boso ball, and one bunch of weights, and it, 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 you can't do anything in yeah. there. 
So I would say actually not just only prioritize hotels with gyms. I've actually matured my thinking on this. Initially I was thinking, get into a hotel with a big gym. And I want a gym on site mm-hmm. so I don't have to leave the gym. I'm like, that's what I want. But the problem is, unless if you're going into a city where space is small, they won't have good gyms. They just don't have the real estate yeah. to be able to put together a good gym because they need that space for rooms. So if you're in, in a big city and it's cramped, that's unlikely you're going to get a good facility. When you go to places where space is, is less premium, you can find some of them can put together good gyms. But again, they're always going to be sub-commercial standard. They're not going to be... Some of them are. Sometimes I go to hotels and their gyms are commercial gyms. It's yeah. incredible. But that happens very infrequently. So that got me thinking, in the odd occasions where I've signed up to a hotel, I said, you've got a gym. And I go... Where's the gym? And they're like, okay, well, we'll give you a token and you've got to get out of the house and out of the hotel. It's five minutes down the road. It's only, it's only around the corner. And that would really piss me off. It's like, I'm in, the, I'm in the hotel. What, I've got to go get dressed properly for the outdoors and I'm going to have to sign waiver forms and I'm going to have to go pick up stuff and go in. Oh, why, do you, why did you say you have a gym if you don't have a gym? I get really pissed off yeah. at that. Now I'm thinking... I would probably choose that yeah. over the other ones because when you do have access to a proper gym, it's got everything you need. It's got squat racks. It's got the proper barbells. It's got sufficient amount of cardio machines. It's got all the different uh, you know dumbbell weights you need. It's got the space you need. It's got the yeah. air conditioning. So I'd actually say, don't be afraid or actually prioritize mm. a hotel that has an affiliation yeah. With a commercial gym versus having their own one because you're just going to get a better workout. Yeah, I mean, we, we had this when we recently traveled to Budapest. We only went for four days. So we didn't we didn't need to go to the gym, um, but we wanted to. So, But we had the luxury of choosing where we wanted in the city. And yep. we, we chose, just like you're saying there, uh, a hotel that had a gym attached to it, but it wasn't, it was its own separate um, gym for normal gym goers to come in off the street. Um, but it was a fairly decent gym, and that's why we chose to stay there. But we had that luxury of choosing where we wanted to go. However, if you don't have that option or you don't have a gym, then what I would suggest is doing um, a workout in your room. You can. There's nothing wrong with doing a short workout. Yes, it's not optimal, but it can be done. Um, so, you know, you can do some press-ups and sit-ups. You can bring some bands yeah, with you. Bands, oh, yeah, yeah, bands. Yeah, there are some um, bits of equipment you can take. Um, bands are actually a really good one because they're easy to, to obviously take with you. Um, the only thing I do find is that it's not the right environment to train in. So it's a little uninspiring, especially if you've got a small room that's not got... that. So that, that for me is the reason why this isn't really a recommendation of mine. Um, I get it. I can understand some of these kind of business travellers. They take three or four different um, strength bands mm-hmm. and they might bring one or two other small light pieces of equipment and they they're able to do a bodyweight workout in their room. Yeah. And it sounds cool. So, oh, that's convenient. But the reality is the rooms are usually never big enough. Yeah. And, you know, you're working on carpet versus working on, you know, proper gym floor. Um, and you're having to, you know, get into some odd positions to fit around the <laughs> furniture. And it just doesn't feel like the right environment yeah. to sweat in. Plus, if you're jumping up and down and, you know, you're jumping on the ceiling as someone else who's trying to sleep... I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. If it works it for done. you, it can absolutely be done. Mm-hmm. And you can bring your iPhone with some predetermined hit workouts. You can go follow them. Definitely options if you don't yeah. have a gym. But my bias would be 
find a hotel with a gym even better find a hotel with an affiliation to a commercial gym yeah that's plan A for sure absolutely another thing right take your gym gear yeah (laughs) Yeah, don't don't go oh it's not going to work so I just won't damn it yeah (laughs) there's so many people that I would travel with I'd be like did you bring your gym gear nah it's not going to happen what's what's the point might be their tactical move well, they, they would just go, there's no, it's not going to happen. So I'm not going to take it. Yeah. It's not going to happen because you decided it ain't going to happen. But yeah, I always right? say you're better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, right? It, I agree. And what were you, you talking about? Right? Pair of trainers and then some things that fold yeah. up into nothing. Exactly. So I'll, do take your gym gear. Yeah. Even if you know it's going to be tight, try and think about how you might fit it in. But I'm definitely bringing gym gear. So it's kind of a, a prerequisite. I would also say don't try and commit to your exact plan, right? So for me, and this speaks to me, right, my current training program uh, requires squat racks, dumbbells and heavy weights and space. And I know that facility is infrequently available, like even in commercial gyms, squat racks and dumbbell and, and barbells and loads of weights is not always yeah. available. So I would say don't aim for perfection. Like, don't go, okay, well, if they don't have what I need to do, there's no point in me doing anything. Mm. Therefore, I'm not going to be in my gym gear and I'm not going to look for a gym. No, don't be so defeatist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they're not going to have the same setup, but I can do something. Maybe I don't like doing cardio, but cardio is all I can do that day. That's fine, we can do that. Yeah. Or, okay, get creative. Look at the machines they have. Think, okay, how can I achieve the same muscle group objectives yeah. today? I might not be able to get the same weight so i'm gonna have to up my volume so maybe you know they have i don't know maybe they have a leg press or maybe they maybe they have a smith machine and um you know it's not the same as doing a barbell back squat that's fine but now i'm going to do more volume yeah instead of doing five sets of five maybe i'm going to do five sets of 20 yeah and that will just create enough stimulus so you don't feel like as if it's a waste of time yeah as you you know like we said earlier showing up can be the best thing you can do right um, yeah, you're not going to lose sleep if you can't get on the bench press because you're also not going to lose muscle exactly for a couple of days. As, yeah. long, as long as you're maintaining your commitment to the gym, it means when you get back, you'll still be committed to going to the gym. That's the and most important motivated. thing. Yeah, less about that day and the gains you're going to make that day. It's more about just keeping the momentum going to when you come exactly. home, you're still on it. Exactly. So be prepared to walk in, and if it's a shitty little gym one bench press, someone's on it, you know what, go and do press-ups because it looks like a similar movement to the bench press. You just need to it's do more not, volume. Yeah, and, and you get back and you'll, you'll, you know, you'll, feel, you'll be glad that you've done something, right? Exactly, and it's not just the gym equipment, it's also the time. You might, you might not have two hours, you might only have half an hour. I'd write, you know, again, talking to my younger self, I would have said to myself, prioritise, get in that gym, do the half an hour, I know you don't have 45 minutes, if even if you got into it, because you've literally got to get onto everything else so you can get into the, the sessions you got that day. But just do the half an hour. Yeah. Just get down there, groggy or otherwise, do your half an hour, get back up. You're going to feel so much better. It's the, the best start of the day. Definitely. If you can work out first thing. So Set your day up right. Again, loosen up, but still commit. So that would be the gym piece. I then have some, uh, in my third bucket, I have some tools and aids. Mm-hmm. 
And you know I'm a bit of a biohacker or yes. wannabe biohacker. I'm not extreme like a Ben Greenfield or someone. No, but you do love your uh, your, your tools. Uh, you? My tools and little toys. So I've got that's a couple... not DIY tools, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or bedroom tools. Um, so <laughs> I've got a few things I do. Um, you do some of these too, but some of these are quite unique to yeah. me. <laughs> yes. The most um, out there is something called a Valky Human Charger. What is it? It looks like one of those old school iPods, little ones, um, with some earbuds. Just literally looks like as if you're listening to an MP3 player. But instead of music coming out of the earbuds, light comes out of it. It's got this bright light that effectively simulates to your eyes like you're in sunlight. So your brain has light receptors that can be accessed through the ears, just like the light receptors that can be accessed through your eyes, mm. which is fascinating. And we do know that seasonal um, affective disorder, is that what it's called? Yes, yeah, sad, yes. Yeah. yeah, sad. You know, when, disorder, yeah. Is it called affective disorder? Yeah. Um, that, that's a real thing, that when there's a lack of sunlight, you know, in our winter months, or if you're in countries that don't have a lot of sunlight, you know, there's more depression and, and anxiety and that kind of thing. And when the sun's out, wow, it's like the best day. The right? world's amazing again. It's like yesterday yeah. when you come over, right? The sun was shining, we was in such a buoyant mood. Yeah, it felt great. So what these do, they do a couple of things. Um, I'm not sure if they officially amp up your vitamin D like sunlight has on your skin, because that really is something that happens via your skin. So it's not less about vitamin D, but it is simulating you being in sunlight. And when you're in sunlight, it wakes you up mm -hmm. and it gets you set within the circadian rhythm of the day, rising when the sun's up and going to bed when the sun's down. And you can play this to your advantage. If you're outside of time zones, you can strategically use these earbuds at a time when it would be most similar to receive light mm -hmm. when you're back home. And if you do that when you're both traveling and when you immediately come home and they've got an app, these Valky human chargers have got an app to say, okay, where are you traveling from? Where are you traveling to? How long is your travel? Mm. Okay, I will set you reminders of when you should use these earbuds and I'm going to try and offset the jet lag yeah. and put you more in line with the circadian rhythm that you need to be so you come home feeling normal. And I use them and they do work. I wouldn't say they're all effective, but they are absolutely helpful. I actually use these every day because it's a stimulant to the morning, gets me going, gets me that sunlight first thing in the morning in my ears, gets my brain awake, and I just feel just a little bit more ready to go. So I definitely travel with these Valky human chargers. Yeah. Um, I also travel with magnesium. So magnesium, um, I do spray magnesium on my skin at home, but I can't take the liquid with me, especially if I don't have any, if it's only carry-on luggage, but I take magnesium tablets. Yeah. And the reason I take magnesium tablets is magnesium is tied very closely to uh, restoration and they've got a somewhat sleep aid type um, effect. So I take magnesium an hour before I go to bed. I actually take ZMA, so zinc, magnesium and B6. And they're known in the bodybuilding circles to help restore and recover from yeah. you know heavy workouts and high demands on your body. But if even if you're not working out, Magnesium in the evening is a little bit like Valium. It kind of slows you down and gets yeah. your body prepared to start releasing the right melatonin and serotonin that gets you off to sleep. 
So I absolutely travel with magnesium to start getting me ready to sleep after being wired, traveling, and probably drinking too much coffee all day. Yeah. Really important one. So definitely would take some magnesium with you. The third, again, this is in line with trying to get to sleep. I bring my blue blocking glasses with me. They're pretty cool, guys. This is my Bono glasses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, you probably have seen people wearing these and thought they've just got a weird fashion sense. But there, there's actually some science behind these. These are they're typically quite cool-looking glasses, but the lenses are orange. I, I went to sorry mate, I went to a workshop the other week and um, the guy that's doing the presentation had these on during the day. During the day, yeah. I don't know why he's wearing them during the day, but yeah, some they, people do that and they've yeah. they've, they've lost the plot. They haven't realised <laughs> the benefits. Yeah, and I but he didn't explain why he was wearing them until like at the end, and I knew, so I looked at him and I was like, oh, I see why he's wearing them. But I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew what they were. That, I, I I actually don't understand why people wear them during the day. No, I don't. But I, I knew what they were, and I knew everyone else in the room was like, "What the fuck is on his head?" So so look, let me give the science at the highest level. Those those human charger earbuds we're talking about. That's putting light into the system to try and amp me up, so my cortisol raises, mm. and I start waking up in line with uh, the sunlight, mm. even if the sunlight isn't there. You're trying to align to the day. Blue blocking glasses are doing the reverse. So we we suffer with this at home every single day, let alone when you travel. But in the evening, with staring at our screens, working on our laptops, watching TV, having bright lights in our house, when it's dark outside and we are illuminating the inside, our body doesn't know that it's nighttime. Mm. It gets all the signals that it's daytime. Think how much that fucks with your system when you want to go to sleep, but everything's saying it's still day, daylight. Yeah. And some people really struggle with um, uh, sleep in, insomnia or generally that onset of sleep because they're too wired. Mm. And these what these blue blocking glasses do is they take out the blue light. They're orange lenses which take out the blue light, which is that daylight, yeah. uh, the simulation of daylight. So if you wear these, uh, you know, I put these on around about nine, 8 to 9 o'clock at night. So if you're in your hotel room by that time, just stick them on. It allows you to work still if you want to. If you can avoid work, even better. But irrespective, put these on and it starts to quieten your body. Yeah. And it starts to amp up melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, and starts getting you ready for bed. And I promise you, my wife swears by these two. I take magnesium. I even try and do like magnesium baths when I'm at home and I put these blue blocking glasses on and you just find yourself getting tired really quickly and you want that because you want a good night's sleep. Yeah. So I would, I'd take those. And then the last two things are supplements. I would take a good multivitamin because you're probably not going to get enough of the foods you want. Plus if you're daily taking multivitamins, just take them with you. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep the store of vitamins and minerals flowing. And I would take a double dose or a separate dose of vitamin D. Vitamin D is something that most people are insufficient in. It's because we don't get sunlight. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D cannot be synthesized in your body unless... So it it doesn't naturally... You can't eat it or you can't make it within your body. The only way it's made and consumed in your body is via the skin. Sunlight, UV rays hit the skin... A reaction occurs, creates vitamin D, and vitamin D is essential for your immune system and repair 
uh, of, of damage in your body. It's critical. And because we're usually fully clothed and we don't get out in the open hardly at all these yeah. days, right? We're either in our house, in our car, in the office, or in a restaurant, or in some other four walls. Yeah, it's amazing how, how little we get outside. Very little, I know. I haven't been out at all today. Mm. You know, but I can see outdoors. I've got these great windows, but I haven't spent any time outside. Yeah. And therefore, I've got no interaction with the sunlight, mm-hmm. and I'm fully clothed as well. So I've got no chance of making vitamin D for myself. Yeah. So when I travel, I take vitamin D with me because I just want to keep that source going. Because when I'm traveling and I've got bugs on the plane and I've generally got more bacteria floating around me because I'm touching loads of stuff, yeah. just help do yourself a favor and kind of amp up the vitamin D. Yeah, definitely. Um, to add on to this last piece, I personally, I take um, the, I don't know if you've seen these superfood blends that you get. Um, like barley and wheatgrass, you can get blueberry extract in it. Oh, right. Um, yeah, spirulina, things like that. Yep. That's got powerful um, properties, gets all your vitamins and minerals um, that you need. Fiber, um, some of them have. Um, so, what is it? It's just a powder. It's just a green powder, basically, that you put in water and mix it and just neck it. It, yeah, it's, it looks a bit like pond water, so it's not the most appealing drink. It's like green drink type it's stuff. It's a green drink, yeah. But um, f- for me, that's that's great. I, I okay. take that with me. Because um, I know when I've been travelling, I've suffered with a lack of fibre. Um, so having these um, green drinks it's has a good helped show. me. Yeah. But, so, so that and also protein powder. And so, I mean, I, I take protein powder with me if I can. I also take protein bars if I can. And sometimes I'll even take creatine. I'm getting to this is getting to the point where it starts getting quite complicated. So if you want to, if you're that committed to having ensuring you have enough protein and creatine in your body, there's ways to do it. You're not going to take your big two kilo, no. kilogram tub with you, but you can decant some protein or some other powders that you would otherwise want to mix with water into even some baggies, or uh, you can get these uh, protein shakers that have a little uh, yeah. unit at the bottom, so you can put some powder there. So powders are possible. You can travel with them. It just starts getting a little bit messy yeah, and awkward. Yeah, and it's the tip of the iceberg, this really, isn't it? Yeah, um, if you go for a couple of days, I'll probably just avoid it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you travel frequently, then this is when supplements come into their own, I think. Totally agree, man. So we've got two other buckets. We're almost done on this. Um, the next one's actually quite a quick one. Number four, pick a, pick a hotel that has good HVAC, good air conditioning. Now... You can't rate that per se when you're, you're looking through. But in my experience, the thing that messes with me most mm. is when I pick a European hotel that says, we don't put air conditioning on in the winter because it's cold enough. I'm like, that doesn't work for me because your room's hot. <laughs> but we, we turn it off. It's turned off globally. It, does, it doesn't get turned off, turned on into the summer. Yeah. Or in the summer, they don't have the heat. I, mean, I just don't get it. And that you have to crack the windows open, and then you've got the loud noise. It gets of so stuffy, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, in the winter when they whack the heating on, and especially if you're up high and all the heat's travelling up into your room, it just gets so stuffy, and the windows open by about three an inch. inches, yeah, yeah or an inch or something. And yeah, just so I would say, like, prioritise that. I mean, if you have to give them a call or have a look on their website, but it's unacceptable in today's in today's world where hotels don't have adequate fully functioning HVAC you should be able to stick the air conditioner on at any time of the year 
and more and more places I go to have that facility. But every once in a while, I'll get unlucky. Yeah. Um, so just try and see if you can identify the good franchises or the good um, br- um, uh, facilities that typically just have a higher standard yeah. when it comes to heating and conditioning. So that's number four. And then the last one is around food choices. Uh, we've touched a- across that to some degree. Um, what do you have, Bryn, here? Have you got anything in particular? I mean, we've kind of touched on it already. I mean, um, protein bars, um, nuts and seeds. And so for the snacks. Is easy. Yep. Yeah, so snacks is good. Um, if you're, like I said, a novice and you don't know what to pick when you're travelling, you know, I don't know what's good, what's not. If, if you're out and about, then go for something that's going to be... Um, not so processed and an easy way to look at that again is if it's something that comes out of the ground for tree swims it could be very difficult so though be... if you're in an airport or you're you know you're jumping off one train to the next and all you have is this tiny little supermarché yeah <laughs> and all they have are baguettes yeah i mean you're gonna get a baguette do you know what i mean yeah. That's the problem. I, I, I get your point, mm. but we don't always have the availability of the highest quality yeah. and kind of most diverse food range. A lot of times when I travel, it's shit or shit. I mean, it's like one bad choice yeah. and the next bad choice. Which one do you want? And I would actually say there's a third choice. Yeah. There's eat one of those two options and try yeah. and pick the, the, the option that best serves you. Or do you know what? Don't eat. Yeah. Like... We can go days without eating, right? It's proven you can go... The average man, male, can go 40 days without any food, just water. Now, that's extreme, and I wouldn't expect you to do that when you're travelling for a month, don't eat. But you can absolutely miss a meal, or you can miss a snack. Like, you might be hungry because you're used to eating at that time, or you've just been running around so you feel hungry. Mm. But trust me, if the hotel is an hour and a half away... And, you know, the trolley dolly's coming down with some food or you feel that there's pangs of hunger occurring, just quieten it. Yeah. Have some water, you know, chew some gum, get busy, do something else. If the options are rubbish and you feel that you're going to lower your standard by having it, just don't have that crappy sandwich. Yeah, I mean, if you're someone that's looking to build muscle and you're, you're wanting to get your calories in, get them in later or get them in the next day. If you don't want to get calories in through eating shit food, then just wait until you have a better option because you can still get calories in later. If you're someone that's looking to restrict their calories because you wanted to drop body fat, then, hey, you've missed missed a meal. Therefore, you've now allowed yourself more calories for later. Exactly. And these these on-the-road foods are going to be calorie-dense because they're normally always bread options. And bread's got a lot of calories. Um, sounds like I've got a really bad relationship with bread. <laughs> you <laughs> and, travel too much, dude. But but yeah, I I've known like you know the the pastry, the pasty, and the bread and the pasta things. That's basically it. They're the four yeah. options you have when you travel, typically, unless you get to a big supermarket or you go to a restaurant. Yeah. And you're screwed. So if there's no good option and you didn't bring any snacks, I would just abstain. Wait an hour or two until you have the availability of the food you want. You're going to feel better for making a better choice. Yeah. What I would say is over in the UK, um, if you're traveling, you know, up and down um, the UK or if you're at airports or, or train stations in the UK, my go-to places are usually at Waitrose or m and I find in the service stations. Yeah, in the yeah. service stations. I get that a lot when people are traveling for, traveling for business up and down um, the country. Those, yeah, they're, they're good options. And they're, they're actually quite, they're, 
they're around everywhere now. Yeah, so they're, that's true. they're usually put in places that like airports. They're right next to the KFC, right? Yeah. And then, probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the so KFC yeah, that, and I mean, uh, what's that one? Subway. Yeah. Yeah, sandwiched in between the two. No pun intended. Cool. No, no, I think that's a good point, man. Um, I would also say, right, so you're traveling, it's, a, it's, it's, it's one overnight stay or multi overnight stays. I would actually, even though I've said previously, um, skip breakfast if you're trying to manage your calorie intake. Just it's, it's an easy meal to skip. When I'm traveling, I feel that breakfast is the one I can control most typically because mm. I typically have it as room service. It's before I get going. I might not be able to control when I'm on the road between, you know, eight o'clock, three to five o'clock and, you know, in cars, at customer sites, grabbing something when I can. That's uncontrollable. Yeah. But what is controllable is the bit before the panic, which is when I'm either at the hotel restaurant or in my room. So I would actually prioritize when I travel, mm-hmm. if schedule's tight, prioritize on that breakfast and don't go for the pastries and the continental, you know, the continental breakfast, we've got loads of breads. Try and get a more protein and fat rich yeah. meal, which will keep you satiated, yeah. which won't kickstart the need for more carbs because once you have carbs, you're gonna want more carbs. Yeah, so start the day with, you know, your eggs and your, your meats. Um, when I travel to the US, it's more of a US thing, they eat potatoes in the morning. Right. They might have like little, uh, either hash browns. Yeah or potato hashes, or little roasties. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw that, I was like, guys, you're weird. Why do you have potatoes in the morning? But now I'm like, amazing. Yeah. Right, I can have my I can have my eggs, I can have some you know, sausages or something, some mushrooms, yeah. and then I have some potatoes. And potatoes are so much better option than three, three or four slices of toast. Yeah. Perfect. You know what, eggs in the morning, quite universal. Most places do eggs in the exactly. morning, oh, yeah, so you, you can usually get that as a meal if you so want to. So get your breakfast in, it'll fuel you up for the day, um, and then just be more loose. Skip snack or lunch if the options aren't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, calorie counting is going to be difficult, right? For the best will in the world, you're going to struggle. I do sometimes, when I travel on business, mm-hmm. try and get try and work it out, but it's complete guesswork. And it might feel like too much of a tax. If it's a short little trip, try and make good decisions. Try not overeat, and that will be fine. If it's a longer stay, anything actually, I do need to be a bit, a bit more in control. You're gonna have to guess, uh, and it is what it is. But yeah. I would just lower the standard of yourself and say, don't expect to be precise. If you want to go in average or rough values, that will give you a guide. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not gonna. You're not going to be out by 2,000 calories, but you might be out by 500 calories. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you try and make a guesstimate of what you're eating. Exactly. And it depends what your goals are. If you're just looking just to stay fit and healthy on the road, then you may not even need to track and just try and control what you can and make the best decisions where you can. Um, but yeah, if, if, if your goal is to, and you need to track for your goal, then definitely. The last in this food choice, and it's going to come hard. It's going to come hard for lots of my my friends and peers, is try and dial down on the beers. Not the beers. The beers, man. And because that that was that was it for me, it right? Was it was it was loads of travel, you know, just taxing time. Oh, you know what? We've got to get together because we've got to prep for the presentation we've got tomorrow morning. Yeah. We're just going to have some food, grab a couple of wheat beers or a couple of 
uh, pills now and you know just loosen up a bit and it's great and I loved it I loved it the problem is one beer is never one beer you know what I mean ends up being about four or five beers and then you feel groggy the next morning you're not as optimal as you'd rather be you probably get less sleep because you don't sleep so well when you're, you're drunk and beers contain wheat so and they're calorific as well each beer is what 300 calories or so or something like that so you neck four beers, you've done like 1,200 calories just in liquid. Mm. So I'm not saying don't have beer, guys. I'm saying don't make it a thing that when you travel, you must drink. Make it an occasional thing when the time's right. I would opt for wine, personally. You still get drunk. So there's still downsides on that. Yeah. You still struggle with your sleep a bit. But it's got antioxidants in it and flavanols and stuff like that. And it doesn't have wheat, typically. So yeah. I, I would kind of just... Get away from the gassy beer. Just just try and do it. Don't buckle under peer pressure. Enjoy your food. Maybe have a glass of wine. And get a good night's sleep yeah. so you're ready for the following day. The problem is after you've had a few beers and you're a bit, well, hey, that's when you make bad decisions because you'd stop One caring. beer leads to five beers. Yeah, and you stop caring and then, and then you end up eating whatever. And then you miss your meeting the following day. <laughs> yeah. But that's happened. Get <laughs> cool. I think that covers it. I mean, I think just to wrap a bow around this... If you are going for a week or longer, then you're just going to have to amp up the prep. There's going to be more points of failure. No and you're going, to have, you're going to have to think about it. If your goal is important enough that staying on plan is, is, is close to your heart, and whilst the week might not completely ruin your plan, it may likely stop you from having a plan when you get back. Yeah. So I would think about the key thing when you travel is how do I just keep the momentum going? How do I keep the commitment and the momentum going towards being healthier, fitter, stronger, leaner, whatever it is your goal is? So then you get back when you land back uh, in whatever country you reside in and you get home, whether you're tired or not, you've maintained that commitment. You haven't had three days off, which then lead to a week off that lead, lends to, leads to a year off, mm. but you're staying committed, you're staying consistent. And that, for me, if I would have done that yeah. all those years... I wouldn't have had those body pictures to show you. <laughs> cool. That covers it. Brilliant. Yeah. Is that cover it for you? Yeah. Perfect. Great. Listen, guys, we're all about providing you with the expert tools and expert knowledge to improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation. Hey guys, Steve here. Welcome back to the Adaptation Podcast. In today's episode, oh, it makes me laugh. Hey guys, Steve here from the Adaptation Podcast and welcome back. In today's episode, I have a few laughs at Bryn's expense. He came and joined me for a bit of a bro arm workout the day before and he is in absolute agony. We've done some BFR training, which is... um blood flow restriction training on the arms and yeah it's just funny to hear the guy's pain
Anyway, after that discussion, we then get into the topic of today's episode, which is, hey, I'm a road warrior. How do you handle being on the road and traveling constantly whilst trying to maintain and keep to your health and body goals? A really hard thing to do for lots of people, but we break that down. So we do speak initially around the kind of level set. You know, what are the conditions that make it pretty difficult to keep to your program and your plan? Um, And I know I have been a road warrior traveling on business for the last 10 years of my life across Europe and the rest of the globe. So we we, we get... No, let's just be a bit more efficient. Hey guys, Steve here from the Adaptation Podcast and welcome back. In today's episode, I have a laugh at Bryn Diesel's expense. He decided to join me for some blood flow restriction bro training on our arms yesterday, and the guy is in agony, (laughs) and I can't help but to laugh at, at his expense. Bum ba dum bum 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 bim 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 b